Hey everyone, this is Christopher Chansey, creator of Theater of Heels. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to check out this and my other projects on my website, ChristopherChansey.com. If you're interested in supporting my work, please take a look at my Patreon at patreon.com slash Christopher Chansey. Patrons on all tiers are granted access to my podcast two weeks before they go live on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and more. Check it out in the links in the descriptions. Thank you for the moment of your time. And now I present you with our story. Theater of Heels, Interlude 2, Exclusive. Miss Beach? The world warbled in and out of focus. Searing colors flashed as acrid smoke burned her nostrils. Hot blood rained down the cold, wet skin of her face, dripping into her eyes with a biting sting. She pulled away the blood-soaked rag from her forehead and stared at it. The bloody cloth had sequins on it. Sound crashed into her consciousness before it faded back. She blinked and looked from the sequin bandage to the source of the sounds. There were people crying. No wailing and pain and anguish. She thought sluggishly. Why are they so sad? Are they hurt too? Monica shivered. <laughs> are they also cold? Then a figure knelt in front of her. He spoke in a pleasant voice that was marred by worry. Miss Beach? Monica, are you okay? Monica groaned as she focused on the masked man before her. His chiseled features were slightly obscured behind a blue face mask. She squinted and thought, I know him. Her mind, which moved like molasses, searched for his name. Finally, after a few moments, it came to her. Speaking took effort, but she found her voice as conscious thought slowly reached for her vocal cords. Sp- Spearhawk? Yes, it's me. Our... Mm. He swallowed. Are you okay? Monica reached up and touched his face, leaving three streaks of blood across it. She vaguely wondered, Where did that blood come from? Spearhawk grimaced slightly but gently took her hand into his and looked deeply into her eyes, searching. Monica stared back, transfixed. Then Spearhawk broke the spell as his wide eyes left hers and looked around them. She blinked and turned to look around at the chaos, too. People were crying, moaning, and screaming. Many were bleeding and staggering around in a daze, or not moving at all. There was smoke and debris everywhere. Witnessing the carnage caused Monica's mind to sharpen ever so slightly. What? What happened? She asked more clearly. Spearhawk's face quivered slightly, but he mastered himself with a deep breath. There was a... a situation. Don't worry. I'll be right back. I want to get you the help you need. His eyes locked onto something off in the distance. He straightened up, whispering, No. He released Monica's hand and said urgently, I'll be right back. Spearhawk stood up abruptly and rushed over to a nearby woman lying on the curb. Monica watched him go and squinted at the woman he was checking on. Monica instantly recognized her. Waterfall? A memory flashed before her mind's eyes. During the earlier chaos of her escape, 
Monica exit at Hopper Station. She kicked off her heels, hiked up her evening gown, and sprinted for the side of the building. Monica wasn't alone. More party-goers had peeled off in the same direction, but their intentions were vastly different from hers. Monica was a reporter at heart. She didn't spend years of her life as a wartime correspondent to allow a story like this to fly past her. She instinctively reached for her cell phone in her purse and headed for the opening of the wall the invading villains had made earlier. She knew that the Hero Report's hover cameras had already been dispatched, but all the news outlets had used civilian recorded footage. It was high enough quality. Monica would ensure that it would be. Pulitzer, here I come. As Monica ran up to the external side of the hole in Hopper Station, she raised her cell phone to record the epic battle between the Capes Corps and the invading villains. That was when Waterfall, a strider wave of water, flowed out of her earlier entrance. The villainess paused in the opening, and Monica instantly saw why. Dozens of people were running in mass panic directly in front of Waterfall's path. Waterfall frowned as she watched them go. Monica noted that Waterfall could have effortlessly bowled them over with her tidal wave, but she refrained. Monica was grateful for her restraint. She was one of the people Waterfall could have easily swept over. Waterfall suddenly spun around and gasped as she saw something through the opening. She raised her arms up. In response, the water from her wave shot up and out, forming a wall before herself and the immediate people around her. Waterfall turned back and looked at the crowd behind her and locked eyes with Monica. Waterfall shrieked, Take cover! Monica instinctively dove for the ground. In that instant, she saw something silver with a plume of fire in its wake streaking towards the watery shield. One thought pierced the veil of panic screaming in Monica's mind. Missile! Boom! The world was consumed in fire and thunder. A deluge of water enveloped Monica, hurling her in a chaotic tumble in its waves. Then a spike of exquisite pain struck the top of her head. She blinked. Things were fuzzy after that. Everything seemed to be happening simultaneously, too fast and too slow. Monica touched the side of her head as she watched Spearhawk talk to Waterfall, the villain who tried to save her. Monica shook her head at the irony and winced as a throbbing in her head intensified, making her feel dizzy. Spearhawk looked upset and lost. He peered around as if trying to find some solution he wasn't seeing. Waterfall looked awful. The chaotic plays of shadows and lights obscured part of her features. Despite this, Monica could see how severely burned Waterfall was. She was burned in the explosion. An explosion caused by a, a missile? But how? thought Monica. It seemed like the answer should be obvious, but it remained on the edge of her coherent thought. Sprinter! Spearhawk suddenly shouted. He was stirring when I dashed out here. He should be awake at any moment. If he isn't already, I'll fetch him. He'll get you to the hospital in moments. Don't worry, Waterfall. I'll be right back. Spearhawk stood abruptly and started to turn towards Monica's direction. He stiffened. Suddenly, an odd, warm sensation draped over the forefront of Monica's mind, clouding her thoughts. Monica felt her mouth clamp shut and her limbs lock in place as a blanket of darkness shrouded her senses. She thought wildly, Oh my god, what's happening? 
This sensation, this outside force, pressed her consciousness further down into a cage of darkness in the back of her mind. With her mouth firmly shut, all Monica could do was scream in her mind, No! The thought came from her with the force of a hammer. If she could, Monica would have grunted in pain as a shard of agony pulsed out from her skull. With this sudden pain, the darkness enveloping her vision and hearing was ripped away. Monica wanted to scream out at the sudden pain throbbing in her skull. Except she couldn't. She could not move her head, arms, or legs or any part of her body. Monica was trapped in her unmoving body as a world moved around her. What is happening? She thought again. She couldn't turn her eyes or head, but she could still see in the direction her eyes were facing. She tried to move, but to no avail. Despite this, she could feel her adrenaline spike. Monica's heart hammered in her chest, and she felt her blood pressure rise. A sharpened clarity also washed over her senses. One thing she noted immediately was that the world around her had grown much quieter. Not silent, though. She could hear the ambient sounds of the city, the wind, and the flickering flames. However, all the cries, moans, and voices of the people that permeated the air around her moments ago had ceased. In her periphery, she could see that a man who had been wailing as he held his wife was frozen in place mid-scream. She noticed another man off in the distance had stopped moving mid-step. Monica thought wildly, It's as if someone had just used a TV remote and pressed pause on everyone. Her eyes widened partially in surprise. They are all being infected by the same weird thing that's happening to me. Did they get locked in a dark place in their minds? Or are they watching what's happening around them like me? She wondered, Or am I the only one that could see this? Except Monica wasn't the only one with her conscious faculties still intact. Directly in front of her, Spearhawk and Waterfall could still move, and they both reacted as if they, too, noticed a sudden change happening around them. Waterfall moaned in fear, and Spearhawk straightened up and took a defensive position over her. Monica gasped internally. He's guarding her. Why? Someone else was moving, too. Monica saw a figure in an ill-fitting business suit walking down the sidewalk towards Spearhawk and Waterfall. They didn't appear to notice the newcomer's approach. Monica could see why. She too was having difficulty seeing the suit-wearing man. He would shimmer in and out of her vision as he walked. His weird, petulant gait never wavered, just her ability to see him as he passed her. Monica realized that the strange sensation in her thoughts seemed to intensify as he passed. She gasped internally. Monica had been a reporter for the Hero Report long enough to know what powers people in the superworld may possess. She thought wildly, It's him. He's somehow hiding himself from view. He's some kind of telepath. The newcomer paused and surveyed the area around them. His gaze held no empathy for the destruction or the people hurt. On the contrary, he acted as if he could sense he was being watched. His eyes locked onto Monica's for a moment. He had an insolent rat-like face with an expression of ill-deserved confidence. A moment later, his eyes flitted away and he shrugged before continuing to the others. 
The sensation in Monica's head intensified, but so did the throbbing in her skull. As before, the dull ache pushed away the lethargic effect of this man's telepathic influence. Monica stilled her mind and observed the scene in front. After all, she was a reporter at heart, and witnessing something she wasn't meant to see was far too tempting to pass up. The man in the suit stopped in front of Spearhawk. He casually waved his hand, and Monica saw a faint shimmering energy appear and dissipate over Spearhawk's and Waterfall's head. Spearhawk tensed in surprise as he raised his spear in the direction of the rat-faced man and snarled, Businessman! Monica realized that the little man must have allowed them to see him. On the ground, Waterfall's chest began to heave up and down rapidly. She wailed, No, 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 no! Monica stared in astonishment. The man, this businessman, as Spearhawk had called him, terrified these two powerful people. For his part, the businessman ignored Spearhawk's open rage and Waterfall's terror as he made a show of nonchalance by looking down at his watch before looking around at the scene. Again, his eyes lingered on Monica for the briefest instance. She felt the outside sensation in her skull change from a numbing blanket to an invasive probe. Monica internally cringed as she felt the fingers of an external force try to delve into the recesses of her private thoughts. The pain in the back of her head pulsed again. In that instant, she caught a glimpse of the outside images, words, and feelings as they splashed over her mind's eye. She stared up at a large, frightened man and heard a little boy's nasally voice say, You shouldn't have lied, Daddy. Unobserved, a teenage boy glanced at himself in the mirror as he idly entered the occupied girl's locker room after gym class. She stared down at a pair of shaking hands, grasping the lifeless hand of a rat-faced elderly woman lying peacefully on a hospital bed. Probing sensation retracted, and off by Spearhawk and Waterfall, the businessman grabbed his head and staggered back. For their part, Spearhawk and Waterfall froze in their spots. Monica realized that this businessman must have paused them like the others. This businessman obviously wanted them only to see and hear what he allowed them to. At that moment, Monica wondered what they saw when they looked at this rat-faced man. In the meantime, the businessman shook his head to clear it, and an odd, now ineffectual telepathic sensation returned to her head. He turned to address Spearhawk. At least, that was what it looked like for the way Spearhawk reacted. But she didn't hear any words spoken aloud. Spearhawk glanced around the scene and even looked at her direction for a moment. Monica wished she could offer him a reassuring smile or anything in that moment. Beside him, Waterfall gasped and her hand shot out to grab Spearhawk's ankle. He glanced down at her, startled. Across the silent distance, Monica heard the villain's desperate plea. Don't let them, let them take me. Spearhawk nodded down at her. Don't worry, Nima. Monica thought, how does he know her name? Monica watched as Spearhawk took a defensive step in front of Waterfall, his spear pointing at the newcomer. I won't. The businessman tilted his head as he watched their interaction. He smirked. Pop! In a flash of light, a rotund figure suddenly appeared out of the air, squatting next to Waterfall. He looked up, and Monica saw his flabby face grin at Spearhawk before he gave the businessman a knowing look. Waterfall shrieked, No! Don't let them! 
The newcomer grabbed her shoulder, and the air flashed again with a resounding pop. When the light cleared, Monica realized that Waterfall and the Rotund Man were gone. Spearhawk stared at the empty ground below him and shook his head. No! He screamed as he whirled a spear around to throw it at the businessman. He roared, What did you do? The businessman took an involuntary step backwards. He glared at Spearhawk before a splayed finger hand shot up. Monica again saw the faint shimmering force expel from the suited man's head and strike Spearhawks an instant later. The hero grunted as he staggered back and passively lowered his weapon. Spearhawk glared at the businessman and growled, Where did you take her? The businessman's brow furrowed. Spearhawk shook his head as if he heard something. But... Then Monica saw that shimmering field again, and Spearhawk shut his mouth against his will. The businessman straightened his tie with a definitive air of someone getting down to the task at hand, and glanced at Spearhawk meaningfully. The hero tried to protest. I'm not going... The businessman snapped out loud. Enough! The energy field shimmered around Spearhawk's head, and the hero's expression went slack. Then, a moment later, he spun around and walked away from the businessman with purposeful, robotic strides. The businessman watched him go with an air of smug satisfaction. He made a satisfied grunt as Spearhawk disappeared around the corner, still walking away. Monica thought, Where is he making him go? The businessman paused again as he looked around. He shook his head and touched his ear and said aloud in a nasally voice, This is Publicist 7. The key pieces have been removed from the board. We are now ready to proceed with the cleanup crew. He nodded as he heard someone at the other end of the communication respond. Acknowledged. Pup! The air flashed as the rotund man returned in a flash of light with several more figures. All of them were dressed in formal attire like the businessman. They, too, comported themselves with an air of importance. None of them reacted to the carnage around them. Without preamble, the businessman began giving orders. You know the drill. Scrub all the evidence of our heroes looking bad and getting too chummy with their villainous counterparts. He looked at a woman with glowing eyes. There are at least two cameras recording right there and there, he pointed. Who knows how many of the sheep tried to record anything with their cells? She nodded. On it. Sparks flew out of her eyes as she looked up at one security camera posted on the building. At the same time, electricity flashed around the camera as she did her inscrutable work. Monica wondered, what is she doing? Another man stepped in front of the businessman. They nodded to each other. The businessman continued, Other than video evidence securement, we should also modify Sleek's missile out of anyone's memories. That shouldn't be too difficult. Most didn't see it coming. What about her? The other man asked as he pointed directly at Monica. The businessman turned and frowned at her. She saw the same shimmering energy over his and the other man's heads as she felt the probing sensation inside her skull again. They, plus a rotund man and another woman, approached her. Monica's eyes bulged against her will. Once he was directly in front of her, the businessman regarded her like a bug he had just stepped on. He said, Yes, I was just getting to that. 
It would seem that Miss Monica Beach's concussion gave her a slight advantage in resisting my telepathic powers. The other man, who had a severe face that looked like it was carved out of aged wood, nodded knowingly. That is frustrating. How much did she see? The businessman sniffed. Enough to be a nuisance. Monica's heart hammered as Tara spiked within her. She fought the sluggish restraints holding her body in place. The severe-looking man tilted his head. Remarkable. I could sense her pushing against your telepathic wards. Beyond them, the rotund man and the woman, who was extraordinarily tall, looked at each other in surprise. The rotund man asked, Someone can do that? The businessman glared at him, then back at her before answering, No. Not usually. Monica mentally pushed against the sensation in her. The pain in her skull was exquisite, but she persevered. As a result, her clamped jaw loosened. What? What? What are you g- going to do to m- me? They all looked at her, stunned. The businessman's jaw dropped. How did you... He changed course with a shake of his head and stared down at her with petulant, angry eyes. Seeing his companion's loss of words, the severe-looking man took over. You have nothing to worry about, Ms. Beach. We won't even be a bad memory when this is done. With a spike of fear, Monica grabbed more control of her faculties. You're going to alter my mind? She exclaimed. Please don't. I won't say anything. She looked at the first businessman. Bert, you have to believe me. I won't say a word about any of this. Everyone froze. They all turned to look back at the original businessman, who looked as if she reached out and punched him in the face. His stunned expression transformed into rage. How did you know my name? The severe man stared at her with a troubled expression. She... Must have pulled it from you when you probed your mind earlier. The rotund man whistled. No way. The businessman's nostrils flared. Monica flinched as he jabbed a finger down at her and snarled, Take her back to the headquarters. I will personally make sure she forgets everything she has seen today. Monica gasped. What? No. No. Please don't mess with my mind. Please. I will cooperate. I will... Quiet! The businessman's voice struck her mind like a hammer. She felt her mouth clamp shut of its own accord. The businessman gave her a dismissive wave. Get her out of my sight! The others regarded her with one last look before the tall woman shrugged and said, Okay. She strode over and picked Monica up as easily as a kitten and tossed her over her shoulder. Make sure the medical team evaluates her too said the severe man. It wouldn't look too good to our stockholders if the Hero Report's most popular news anchor was seriously injured. Will do, said the woman. You ready, Legs? The rotund man nodded. Always. He reached up and touched the woman's shoulder. He leered at Monica with yellowed, encrusted teeth. It's nice to meet you, Monica. I've always been a big fan. With that, They disappeared in a flash of light. 
Discover what's happening on the next episode of Theater Heals after these messages. On the next episode of Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Heroes, Tyson Heels, things have gotten tense in the now not-so-secret supervillain headquarters of Princess Crash and Weatherman. Erica is surprised to find Cedric visiting the lair in an effort to broker peace between Jefferson and their mother, Mary Belfry, who won't leave their home. Tune in next week for Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Chapter 16, Special Clearance. See you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Theater of Heels. I hope you enjoyed my tale of heroes and villains. If you like this story, perhaps you might like other tales created by me, Christopher Chansey. I also have another podcast titled Stories by the Fire. It's an eclectic range of short stories and longer epics told in a darker ambiance. All these tales and more are available on my website, ChristopherChansey.com, and my YouTube channel. Theater of Heels and my other novels are also available on Amazon.com and other fine book retailers. If you'd like to support my work, please consider joining my Patreon family at patreon.com slash Christopher Chansey. There you get exclusive insights and sneak peeks into my work, projects, artwork, and novels, as well as get access to exclusive merch. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening. May your journey always be a heroic one. Farewell.